All right, folks, welcome back again to the podcast. I'm your host, Marvin Smith. I got my co-host, Laya, CBN, and we've got a, a.k.a. Black David, and we've got a guest for us today, Michael Richardson. Michael, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and who you are. I'm Michael Richardson. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. My background, United States Navy. 13 years, was in Desert Shield, Desert Storm, Bosnia. Did 13 years there, got out of there. Matter of fact, I did active and active reserves. In two, 2003, I walked away from the active reserves because I didn't want to go to no more wars. I was up for Chief Petty Officer. I was like, mm, don't want to do that no more. So got out, started working with Sprint, and then it was uphill from there. So anything you want to know, just let me know. I've been in this industry like I was telling y'all, between the military and the civilian sector, 35 years, pretty much. So Nice, nice. That's my senior right so, there. Yeah, that, that's the senior level. <laughs> oh, yeah, I am. So, go, go ahead. I got, I got one question for you. So I've always heard that position, you know, chief petty officer. Can you tell me more about that, that position? W- what exactly? Well... The thing was, I was a, a petty officer first class, which the next step is a chief petty officer, but I didn't go for it. So what a chief petty okay. officer does is that they run everybody else. So I'm a lead as a, a first class petty officer. I was an E6, which I was a leading petty officer on my radio shack. So what I did in the Navy, I was tech control. I was tech control, and then I became a tech control supervisor, which is 2318, 2319, you know, if you want to know MOS is for it. And I built satellite circuits. I built HF circuits. I helped the OS, like during combat, build the circuits so we could communicate with the ta- with the task groups, the different things. That's what I did. So nice, nice. Okay, mm-hmm. you know what you did the brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I okay. say that again. You with the brain <laughs> because the auto position. You know, you're a petty chief officer wearing an orange uniform with the bat, the star, and everything. Mm-hmm. You with the brain. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, but I didn't go for chief. I told you I didn't go for chief. I just stopped at E6. So I wasn't going for chief because if I would went for chief, I would have had to stay in an extra year or two, and I didn't want to do that. I was done with the military. Uh, yeah, that is true. I remember I was trying to join the Navy. They told me the same exact thing. When you pass E6, go to that next level, you're going to add right. an, every rank after that, you add an extra year on top. And I'm like, yeah. you're joking. Yep. You say, yeah. Yep. You sure do. How you climb up the rank, the extra year you stay in. Yes. Wow. Nice, nice. All right. So, Eli, you wanna you got any questions? You wanna throw at it? I'm gonna like this. Based on your education and background, right? What path mm-hmm. did you take? Like you went straight from high school to the military or you went to college first? Went to college first. So from high school I went to DeVry Institute of Technology. That's the university now. But back then, it wasn't a university. It was the tech school because I went there for 86 to 88. And then I joined the Navy in 89. So, and then I was in the Navy from 89 to 99, and then active duty from 99 to 2003. I mean, active reserves. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we got... We got DeVry out here. A lot of people sleep on DeVry. DeVry mm-hmm. is actually a good school. Yeah. yeah especially since that. the... Yeah, especially since ITT they made tech, it. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, ITT, ITT Tech, though, 
You know the story behind it. Now they ripped off a lot uh, of people. I know, I know. I I least the one they king yeah. of Pennsylvania. So right. I least the bride story, did but, not. Yeah, but I would say this: when I went to that school, but it did have some doors open, and they helped a lot of people to jump on the Verizon cable splicing job. They were the first one to get mm-hmm. it before everybody else get it. So I guess right. I take that credit for that. But as for the two choice fee and all that other thing that was going on, it was kind of like. Hmm, I don't like what they were doing on the back end. Why I could not choose that, but I wasn't right. sure they had my major at that time. If they did, it wasn't within the city, it was further out of the city at that time. Yeah, when I went to DeVry, I went there to be an electronic technician. So I was just doing an associate degree. And then from there, you could do the three or the four year degree, which bring you to the engineer status. But really, most of my training, even though I did go to DeVry, most of my training is from the United States Navy. Because, you know, like mm-hmm. I was playing, I was a tech control, I was tech control supervisor. And then they closed down like one of our centers and gave it to the civilians. So my master chief was like, hey, you want to come down here and work at the telephone office? I was like, yeah. He's like, I'll give you everything you need. So he sent me to DWDM school in Richardson, Texas, which y'all probably never heard of these providers, but like Fujitsu. I was one of the first ones to work with. So what DWDM is, is fiber optics pretty much. You know, and that's what you use to connect all the routers and everything with IT, the telephone switches. So he uh-huh. sent me over there. And once he sent me there, he told me, he said, I'll give you all the education that you need to get out to Navy to make it because you're too smart to be in the Navy. And that's what he told me. And so before I got out there, he sent me, I, I, mean, I went to all these schools in Richardson, Texas, where I got education on different equipment vendors. And then what else? Then I became a, what was that thing that I was? A Bixie, Bixie certified engineer. So, you know, he prepared me for the outside. And that's why I was laughing because I said my first job was Sprint, where I troubleshoot T1s and I install T1s remotely, which was a pretty cool job. What year did you start working for Sprint? 99. That's amazing. That's the same company I worked with, but what in 99? I was surprised I went to Sprint. But from yeah. your point of view, based on educational path, would you highly recommend anybody want to go into IT to go from college first, then go to the military to get more advanced training? Or you recommend it, something else different? It depends on if the person is disciplined. If you're not disciplined, you can't go in the military because you're not going to be used to taking orders from people. Now, one thing about the military is you could go in there and also get your college paid for so they had this program called Boost, where you could go in there and do your four years and you could do the Boost program, become an officer. And that time you have to do six years. So I would recommend that. And then they had a Seaman and Admiral program also. So what I would recommend to me to get out of poverty or to me, education is the key to end poverty. Mm-hmm. Any type of education. I'm not going to say college. I'll say a trade school. I say college, I say the military, you know, and when you go in the military, you choose your rate, you choose your fate. So pick a rate that you can use in a civilian sector, which the rate is like a civilian sector. You could be electronic technician. You could be a IT. You could be a, a CT. You could be an IC. You know, y'all probably don't know what all that stuff is, but like a CT is a crypto tech. IC means telephone. IT is what we do now. Uh, mm-hmm. I was a radio man before. They converted to IT. So they converted the rate to IT. I was a radio man before. 
So those are different things you could do. And, you know, I have a true testimony growing up in Detroit, Michigan. You know, I grew up in the hood. You know, that's why you, he, I think CMB asked me before, was I a nerd? And I was like, no, I'm not a nerd. I'm a corporate thug because I was able to, because I was able to get into the corporation, but I still was cool. You know, I didn't walk around with a pocket protector or anything like that, but I was smart. So. Yeah. I, I think when, when it comes to it, everybody has that, that, you know, old world view of what, what an IT technician looks like. I mean, I know, you know, females in IT that wear heels and, you know, they look like, you know, straight up professionals. I know dudes who, who rock suits every day to, and do IT work. So that, that, that vision of, oh, you got a pocket protector on and <laughs> shit like that. Well, first of all, most most shirts nowadays, most button up shirts don't have pockets. So, right. <laughs> you know, even short sleeve shirts don't have much pockets anymore. But last you to turn and feel well about you getting down and dirty in and out in the server room, you pulling out machine left and right. But I remember right. in the fashion come, I had to tell them, you're not going to have me dressed in no three piece suit. And you let me be underneath the table, pull out machine. I'm pulling out heavy server rack, get my shirt, my dress pan dirty. I think, no. I got a regular uniform. I got a polo shirt, a dicky pants. I can carry my tools because me, I got to have my tools on me because you know how annoying that is when you have that moment and you're looking for that particular tool, you got to run back. Then come. I can't do all that. I just can't. Do so you, you know, look like that? I would look like a EMT <laughs> in yeah, the corporate yeah. floor with all bunch of my pocket book with all different type of tools because I don't know where. Oh, I got to with the laptop. I know what the problem is. Just open it up, fix it, boom, boom, call it back in. Right. I'm on the next. Clean. I don't got no pocket protector. Whatever. Right. I'm just like right. utility yeah. belt kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So yeah, in 2001 true. was the last time that I wore a suit in the industry because our CEO, he brought us all into a, a conference room and he said, this is our new dress code. He pulled off his suit jacket. He put on a button down. He put on some jeans. He said, this is our new dress code. He said, we will not wear suits anymore. And then from there, we went down from there, wore polo shirts and khakis like uh, Black David was saying. Exactly. So, exactly. You know, and I, I, had to, I, mean, I had to tell the fashion company that because they didn't get it. But like, you acting up to do some of the craziest, some of the hardest job to do. You yank it out a 200-pound server off a rack. You're not going to wear a two, three-piece suit doing that. Right. No, you're not. Exactly. Yeah. You that, that's cable, a good thing. cabling. You, you upside down. By the time you get up, all the dirt and ground from the foot is sticking onto your jacket or to your blazer or to your shirt. You, come on. You can't be serious. Right. And that's shoes. It's got true. to be comfortable. Right. Yeah. You wear no dress shoes. Then no something. You slip and the something falls on your chest. Now, I'm a strong guy. I can lift. <laughs> right. So you... You, you know what the funny thing about it when you were saying about your tools? I have done it all. I have been an inside plant technician or engineer where I run cable, put it in, install it, turn it up from scratch. I have been where I used to get on the plane every Monday and go put in the networks. And I don't know if you guys know about fiber optic networks. So let me ask you all this question since you all in the IT field. How do routers communicate with each other? As far as what the protocols or no, 
How do a router? Okay, so let's say we got a local area network or a wide area network. And uh-huh. you got a router in Atlanta and then you got a router in Dallas. How do they communicate? It won't be a local, be a what would be a what uh, would be a WAN, not a LAN. Right. Oh, I said a wide area network. Yeah, WAN. Yeah. So how do they communicate with each other? Nobody, I find a lot of, I find a lot of IT professionals don't know this. They don't know what makes a router talk to each other and it makes me laugh. So I'm asking you guys. If you got a router in the I would not have you on the network side. I'm guessing most of the most of the big most of the particular servers rather than fiber optic have a fiber optic connection so, on the back end. I have a what? A fiber optic connection on the back end. Right. Right. They go through I've been, been trying to room a it's, lot of time and I right. see that one unique connection. And I it's called the tra- fiber optic connection. It's, it's, Right. It's a transport. The next server on the next location. Oh, right. It's transport. So what it is, is fiber optics. It goes under the ground. So that's what I was telling you. It's called DWDM, dense wave multiplexing. That's what I was telling you all about. So what we do, we take your signal, we multiplex it on the fiber, send it across. And then we have this transponder and we demultiplex it and send it to the routers. So... Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't understand that. They think the IT industry is just CCNA, but it's not. IT industry comprises of everything, routers, fiber optics, video, streaming, all that. So when people be like, oh, I got my CCNA. Okay, so how do your router communicate with the other router? It just talks to it. No, it goes across a transport path, which is fiber optics. And a lot of people don't understand that. So I'm glad you mentioned that because there was something that I had an argument with certain people about that CTNA certification. People make it seem like it's so I say no, it's not that either. Because what somebody told me, you have to have some groundwork experience first before you jump on that certification. Yes, you just yes. use the certification thing that will get you a job. It doesn't right. work. You have a special teacher in my trade who came in and broke it down based on different right. choices. Hey, CTNA is the tricky one. You had to right. have at least. If I'm correct, four to seven years of experience in the networking field before you take the CTNA, so at least you have a better understanding. Because once you have that yes. CTNA and you have that experience to back you up, you're able to get a job either compared to one who went to school just to get it with no experience whatsoever. Am I correct? You're correct. So, and, and that's what I'm pointing out. We're okay, so like in our industry, we need a lot of optical engineers now because we're because everybody is going towards the IT, CCNA, CCMP, CCIE. They're getting all that, but they're not getting optical engineers certified as in how. So like a DW and DM network is pretty much like a router, pretty much. So, mm-hmm. but it, it uses transponders. It uses rodents, which is reconfigurable optical ad drop multiplexers. So what that does, it takes the signal and goes to wherever customer that you need to go to. And we also use that for video. We use that for voice. We use that for streaming. So it's all different parts. They all work in unison together, you know, and a lot of people yeah. don't understand that. Yeah, I mean that that's one of the things like why why we do this podcast is just to, you know, get a better overview of what cuz IT in itself is just not it's just not top layer stuff. Right. You know, it's, it's not the guy with the laptop. You you got, you know, infrastructure, 
you, you got what you do. So it's just more than just top level stuff. Well, so. you got you got seven OSI layers. Y'all know what those yeah. are, right? Okay. Yep. OSI. So you got seven OSI layers. You got. Yeah. Let me see. If I, can. I I know them when I think of it, but we on this. You know it when you see it, but yeah. when you when it yeah. comes down to like going <laughs> yeah. off the top of your head, like yeah. Well, you know, you got layer one is physical. Layer yeah. Layer two is. Let me think about this physical network. Yeah, there to his network. That was one of the beat me down the April. <laughs> right. I had to study right. that there. No, it's, level. no, but we got a saying, though, like, you know, like something with pizza or whatever. But I know the seven is the, not the, it's the section layer. But anyway, all of them break down to different things. Like layer four is your transport layer, which is where you send your transport on your BGP, on your routers and your different things like that. And then your yeah. most important layer are your physical layers are like layer one. So, cause that's how you communicate your transport through the fiber optics. Cause without fiber optics, you couldn't have routers. You wouldn't have video. You wouldn't have streaming. You wouldn't have none of that. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. All right. So let's go into, I think the next question would be the pros and cons because yeah, let's talk about the pros and cons. What you just mentioned to me is something that you're totally correct. We need more people in that particular field because this pandemic proved a point why people in your position highly needed and they need it more than ever because now everybody's home, everybody using Netflix, everybody doing streaming, everybody doing all this stuff. And the amount of I can't even I can't even say it, but do you the amount do of you, workload that you put on the network? Right. Got to notice things. Do you know how much like, extra bandwidth I put in during this? Like twenty terabits of bandwidth during this pandemic. And the good thing about being in this industry is pandemic proof, and sometimes it's recession proof. It just depends on what company you work for. Now, if you're a contractor, no, it's not. But if you're a full-time employee, yes, it can be. No, so. And I wouldn't advise nobody to be a contractor that's in our age range because you need benefits for your family. But go ahead with the next yeah. question. So I, I know in New York, how we do it here is just most jobs. You, you, you start off as a contractor first, you know, you, you get, because every, every company is different mm -hmm. and majority of big companies, they don't want to like just hire somebody off the bat just in case they don't work out. So they start you off as a contractor first, see how you do. And then from there, you know, if they like you and like what you do, they'll bring you on as a full-time employee. That's how I pretty much got my job at my current okay. firm. You say that, uh, you say huh? that, you say that, right? But that 90 days that they are screening you, that's your contract. They could decide after that 90 days if they let you go or not. So they could bring you on full time, give you your benefits once you start. And then after that 90 days, if you're not performing up to their standards, they can let you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, when you bring somebody on as a contractor, the contracting agency is getting over. So let's say, example, you bring somebody on as a contractor, you pay, the, your, the company's paying the contracting agency $300 an hour for you. And then you get about maybe thirty, forty dollars, something like forty dollars yeah, an yeah, hour. Yeah. So they yeah, putting yeah. two sixty in their pocket. 
but they can bring you on making $70, $75 an hour and save a lot of money by not contracting. See, a lot of companies contract because they don't want to pay benefits. That's why they contract. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so another, another thing, I think you jumped into a little bit about a, fur, a further episode that I'm thinking about further out is I, I believe that every everybody in our industry, ex, including people like us, we need to know how to fully, you know, talk and negotiate for ourselves. Yes. Because you could actually cut out that agency, keep majority of that money and then pay for some, you know, independent, you know, insurance and still be good. Yes. So you don't need that, 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 you know, temp agency or whatever consultant agency, as long as you know how to negotiate. Right. You could become, you, know, a, you oh. could become an independent contractor and exactly. do it and do a 1099. So exactly. Yeah. You know, cause nowadays you could actually, there's actually insurance out there. You could pay for insurance as a, as an independent worker. Right. You know, yep. and it's, still up to par as most of the major insurance that you're getting from, from big companies. Correct. So I think that's one of the things we got to kind of work on more is just learning how to negotiate for ourselves, not relying on that company to, to pocket majority of that money. And then just give you crumbs along the way. You could pocket that money for yourself. Yes. Or yes. have an IT union without being saying that for you. We don't have a union. Well, we did back in the day, but well, it's certain companies that still have it, you know, like AT&T still have theirs. Most of the bail companies still have the unions. So, yep. I think Verizon has a union. Yeah, also. Verizon has a union. Look it up. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the companies still have the unions. I, okay. I've been researching it for a while. I never knew that they had it because I've been asking the same question. Like, new reporter have their own union all across the board. Construction worker have the union or the mechanic have the union. You, mm-hmm. It's out there, but when it comes to IT, it's like I hear quick at that time. Like, where the IT union are? Who are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you also got to realize that most big companies don't really want to work with unions, right? So you know, you stuff like Verizon and, they, and things uh, like that. Yeah, there's a need for a union because that's a lot of majority of, of back-end infrastructure work, you know? Right. So sense. I could understand that. But when it comes to, like, the front end, if you're saying, oh, I need my, my break fit guys to be in the union, most companies are going to look at you like they're not really doing back-breaking work. So no, no, the that, average... That's what we'll say until when you're not paying attention, they have you going through whoop and then some. Because I didn't... Yeah, we used to work in the same building, me and uh, Marvin, but I was working for one of the biggest fashion corporates that asked a lot of, I was being running to the ground for low pay. I was doing things that I didn't realize I was not supposed to be doing. I know I was doing a manager workload on top of my workload, and I've been a smart head to turn, smart head and feet. Yeah, smart I mean, hands. You heard about it. These the network tech would not do their job. They called me to drop my workload to do their job for them remote, mm-hmm. but they're working remotely. And they collect the ticket and they get paid for that. But I don't get paid for the work. But I got to drop my workload to help them with this. I'm like, what's all this all about? But do you know, when I started in the industry, we didn't have smart hands. I was the smart hand. I I did everything. So what would happen is the the, the, the knock or the quad group would call me up and say, hey, 
I got an OC3 down. Can you go troubleshoot? And I had the knowledge enough to go troubleshoot the OC3. But nowadays, these ISP engineers or these techs or these smart hands, they don't have experience in troubleshooting equipment. So we have to tell them how to troubleshoot equipment. And I think that's where the industry went wrong when they didn't let people go learn stuff on their own. Because, see, I've been in the industry since we used to have to replace resistors and transistors and stuff on a car to get it I remember up. that era because I went to job court about that. And back then, I'll tell people, instead of replacing them by the new motherboard, they have it more the solder iron. Mm-hmm. They replace the capital by them. So they would play. And I was like, right. that was real OG, OG technician. Right. There, right. there was no one buying a whole motherboard. You just buy the capacitor, buy the resistor, got the solder iron, right. you right. get to work. Right. And nowadays, you it, just I think they need to bring that back. Yeah. They need to bring I mean, that skill tree back. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think that's more some Soldering. Soldering is a is an art, definitely. But I, I think it's just more something that you can learn on your own. Right. Nowadays. Right. Because there's there's tons of YouTube videos on soldering alone. <laughs> there's there's the elect, electronic soldering pen. There's an old school soldering gun. So yeah, but yeah, I do. I do feel like that's something that really needs to be brought back in the industry. But well, that was so, old. That was old A plus back then, to be honest. Yeah. The old yeah, A plus yeah. book, they would actually yeah. teaching techniques how to do that first before they decide to say, we don't need to do that no more. That's obsolete. And I was like, why? <laughs> and all of a sudden, that, yeah, we played by talking notes. And we look at the A plus book of the yesterday to now, it had been going through a lot of changes. What would be the, what would be the new standard? So I'll be scratching my head. It would get a point at the time that you need to stop doing it. You need to get people back to the nitty gritty know how to do a certain thing because the blue collar workers, I think IT is blue collar, it's not white collar, but sometimes you fall in between both sides of the fence. If you think well, about it. well, when you get on a certain level like system design, implementation, project management, those are white collar workers. But mm-hmm. when you are inside planning or you're tech or you're running fiber out in the field or you're running cable on a telephone pole, that's a blue collar job. So makes sense. Nice. So I'm glad you mentioned uh, that because that's what I'm saying. When you come to IT, it could be on both sides of the fence. It depends on the position, like you said. Which mm-hmm. makes sense. Right. Uh, the next question is more likely this. Why would you encourage anybody to take the path you took in the IT field? Like what do you think would be a benefit for them? In mm-hmm. your own view. In my own view Experience. Experience is the best teacher. So get into a cable company or get into a a IT company or a telecom company on an entry level and build yourself up from there. Um, Take a couple of courses before you do it. You know, learn protocols, learn signal flow, learn the theory behind what you're doing. And see, that's what I noticed in today's industry. A lot of guys don't know what the theory behind what they're doing. They just replace a car. Okay, why did you replace that car? I don't know. You know, they don't look at the performance monitoring to see, okay, I was getting a loss of signal here, or I was getting a loss of character here, or I was getting an AIS, which is an incoming information system, which will show you exactly what's wrong. So usually if you get that, that means you got a problem at the next node over. You know, the different things. Learn the theory behind what you're doing and seeing 
the guys that came up when I came up in this industry, we learned theory. So you could tell me, hey, Mike, my amp is down here and it's not communicating with the router, blah, blah, blah. What do you think is wrong? And I could tell you off my head because I know the theory behind it. So, and I think that's in any field, you need to learn a theory. IT help desk, IT routers, IT software, you know, learn a theory about behind what you're doing. Yeah. Nice. So just to touch on that a little bit, the theory, I think I think the what it is right now is just the industry is just trying to fill a lot of bodies as possible and which is a good thing but at the same time it's not a lot of us are not getting in there you know yeah. a lot of a lot of people of other ethnicities are getting in but when it comes to us we're not getting into that we're not being thrown in in that pile of Hey, we need to get in there also because the image of technology is just, there is no image to be honest. Right. right. You know, well, we need to help so, each other. We need to help each other. Yeah. And that's one thing that I love. You know, one of the questions y'all asked me, where did I take pride in, in being in this field? And I said, mentoring others, mentoring junior support, because, you know, and then you could bring somebody in that way, you know, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned uh -huh. that. That'll lead to the next question about who was your mentor. Because I remember my mentor. We call him Mr. Uh -huh. B. He was a military guy. He was from the Navy. He was like, I have respect for a lot of military guys. He didn't have this thing. He had a phrase. He said, military guy don't make mistakes. But if you had caught me in mistake and you explain why you don't mistake and you elaborate, I give you extra credit. Now, me, I like to take a challenge. When he said that, I looked him in the face. I said, you sure about that? If we capture the mistake, we document it and say what you think was wrong. You give us our question, he say yes. So four of us, we all come into class like Hawk. We were waiting to mm -hmm. catch anything he say, any word. If one time he did it, we caught on to it, we wrote it down, we went back to the book. We made sure he document everything. So the next day he came to class, we brought it to the attention. He said, women take that You say yourself. If we catch you, if we document it, so he bought his statement and we brought in a book with a show. Now, he was shocked that we caught on to it. So he gave me and the three other guys extra credit to our final. Everybody was mad. But, mm -mm. Yeah, they do the work. They did the work. They went down, got everything documented, they got on point, showed me the report, showed me their proof. And he said he liked that. He said, This is how you want to be in the IT field. You can't be waiting for something to fall on your lap. You had to hunt it down. So I think right. that was something about him that got me so hungry in the field because you can ask Marvin, I'm a workhorse. Yeah. <laughs> Anything that needs to get done, I'm going in, get my mm -hmm. hand dirty. I'm going to figure out what the problem is. I'm going to document it down to the T. I will explain to you from step one all to the last step how we got it fixed, how to work about it, to work about, and have it documented. So in case it ever happened again, you got something to fall back on. So he got me that way. Yeah. Who's your mentor? So yeah, my mentor in the military was this guy, my leading petty officer, Rocho. So when I went down to the telephone office, he told me, he said, hey, I'm going to mentor you. I'm going to show you everything about the switches. I'm going to show you everything about DWDM. I'm going to show you everything. And that's what he did. And then my master chief also was a mentor. And in the civilian sector, my first mentor was my best friend today, 20 years. He was my supervisor at AT&T, and he was my mentor. So.
you know, in this field. So, and then from there, you know, more senior C-level people were my mentor and mostly ladies. So. Oh, what's up? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right. So let's, what would you consider yourself to be? Would you think of yourself as a, as a nerd or something else that come, tell me what comes to mind? I told you already a corporate thug. <laughs> corporate thug. Yeah, okay. I, I like that theme. I, I'm a nerd. I'm not going to lie. I geek out heavy. When you come to electronic gadget, the latest right. motherboard, the latest processor, I'm going to compare. You have the argument, which is better, AMD or Intel, NVIDIA or this. <laughs> This but you know the fun two hours of argument, and you had to give right. why, what your point of view. So I like to pick people's brain and see their point of view because to me, you can't right. be in IT if you have not been invested in it. Right, I'm not going to mm-hmm. brush with it and say, "Oh, I'm in IT." No, I'm going to, I'm going to call you out. Have you built it before? What do you have you done? Mm-hmm. What have you built? Yeah. You say I got a Mac. Get out of here. That don't count. Well, I- I, I built computers when I was younger, but, you know, as I explained to you before, you know, you do this all the time and you're on computers and you're troubleshooting and all that. Once you get off of work, you don't want to see a computer again. You don't want to see that no more. You might get That's on, true. you might look at a YouTube video, but I don't even like playing video games no more. I play the old school video games like Space Invaders, Asteroid, Centipede. But when it comes to that Madden and all that, I'll play Madden, but I'm not into Madden. I, not into what's that? Call of Duty and none of that stuff. You know, I got a PlayStation Four as a placeholder. <laughs> That's a couple. Uh-huh. <laughs> I get it because I I'm not into Madden. I'm not into Call of Duty. I'm into the one that that pick your brain. I like to get a challenge challenge because right. when I built my PC, just for the sake of what can I get out of my PC? Can I play this type of hard level game or can I do a little mess around with a software rendering or stuff like that? Those kind of thing I want to get myself into. Like game development yeah. right now, I think that's the next channel that a lot of young people are jumping in. They think that's all yeah. that's into. They think that's anything else besides game development. They want to do it, but I get why they're doing it because of the money. Right. Just like the next question coming out, like, what will you tell the people who want to do what you do for a living? Like, like he didn't mention earlier. I would say start in high school. I would say start in high school. I would even say start in junior high. If you have a God's love for it or you have, you know, that's something you love to do, start in, start junior high, start in high school. You know, my older brother is pretty much what got me into this industry. I used to see him play with things, build computers, do all different types of stuff. And I was like, I want to do that. You know, and from since then, you know, like I said, as a guy given talent, I tried to walk away from it before, but I got right back into it. So, you know. Nice. Okay. So, so what made you want to walk away from it? Was it something you just got tired of it or? I just got tired of it. So I did walk away and I went to like SDSL side of the house. It still was in telecommunication, but it was more of, oh, what is DSL? Digital, some, some, some. That's so old. It's old technology. So when I came back at Tilt, okay. so when I left, uh, OC48 was a big box. You know, so what OC48 is, is DS3s. I'm sure y'all heard of those. A DS3, a DS, DS1, a T1, T1. Oh, T1. Okay. Yeah, I've T1, yeah. T3. So when I walked away, it was a big, big box tall as me. When I came back, it was on a car. <laughs> so that lets you know how much technology had changed. So, 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I think nowadays they don't they don't call it T ones or T threes anymore. It's just whatever whatever you know bandwidth you purchase from the ISP. Right. You yeah, know. like Ethernet. They call it Ethernet today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or OTU yeah. two, OTU four. You know, like OTU two is ten G. OTU four is one hundred G, and then you can go four hundred G, which is OTU four C four. So those different things. Yeah, yeah. That's the bandwidth. But it still it still goes through like like a some do a fiber optics, right? Some right. do it through a cable box. Yeah, right. Most most so most stuff goes through fiber optics or cable boxes. Or Ethernet yeah. or RJ forty fives, those different things. Yeah, yes. so that's dope. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk about you know your hobbies. What what do you into? Oh, I like riding motorcycles, and I like watching a lot of sports. You know, I don't get any, and I work out maybe three, four times a week. You know, so okay, yeah. So do do you what fix the motorcycles, or you just ride them? Just ride them. That's it. Just ride them. I ain't fixing that. Okay. I'm just ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you get, when you, when you've fixed stuff pretty much all day, every day, you, you don't want to come home to something you got to fix again. Nope. All right. It's cool. I understand you. All right. So let's talk about. Let me ask this question. Seeing the growth taking place within the IT field, what is your view concerning the future in the field? Because I'm not going to lie. I watch the growth. I watch the changes. I feel well, like some feel they take it for granted. Some feel they're looking down on like it's not much needed, but it's heavily needed. Yes. What do you think about those? I feel in the IT field that they're focusing too much on CCNA, CCMP, and all that. I feel they need to focus on the optical industry part of it because pretty much a transport platform is a router these days. Everything is in conjunction with each other. So I I feel that different certifications should cover both industries or cover, just not cover routers. So yeah, we got a lot of people that's coming out now, CCNA, CCMP, CCIE, no software, software engineers. But what they don't realize, if you oversaturate that field with them and then the optical engineering field doesn't have anybody like I get people contacting me all the time for jobs because we do not have enough people in our industry. I mean, it's lacking off. And I would like a lot of the young people to go in there. And that's why I was giving y'all the different recommendations like OCA, do the OCA course, do the OCP course. You could do the CCNA course. I mean, an optical engineer walking into my company can start off 60 to 80,000 entry level. So, you know, that's what a lot of people have to do. And that's what I'm thinking. The focus is going away from, okay, why do a router talk to another router? How does it mm-hmm. get across the back yeah. home? Those different things. So that's what I feel that they're going away from and just getting more into router. And that's going to get saturated. And then you're going to have a point when you ain't going to have no more optical engineers and you ain't going to be able to communicate no more. So. I mean, I mean, I think it's just, you know, the marketing, because when you when you think about it, it's like nobody talks about the back end infrastructure guy. No, it's always, oh, I want I want to I want to do code. I want to write software. Right. But when it comes down to who's truly on the back end, making all these servers talk to each other, 
you know, yeah. I'll, you know, I'll be in New York, but I'm, I'm connecting to a, a Netflix server in California. Right. That's, that's where the marketing needs to go. Right. Like we need people for that. Right. So that doesn't, that doesn't happen automatically. I mean, we're not there yet, but we, we still not, need not there. I think like he was saying totally correct. They don't put too much empathy on it. Do what I keep saying about the IT arena. They make it seem like this the right path and this on the right path. And forget about all these multiple paths that need to be filled out, like he just said already, because if everybody checked to get the CTNA, CTMP, and whatever, everybody checks in software engineering, what about the other part of IT that need to be holding together? You right. cannot overlook those things. Right. Like they watered out that at the point. Oh, you're not going to use PT. Like, okay, you're not going to use PT, but your infrastructure cannot support what you expect it to do. So how you expect all that to work when you put the cart before the horse? Right. Mm. Right. Right. And that's, that's what a lot of people don't understand. They're overlooking all the other arena in IT. Everything will cut up each factor in IT is needed. Not just one and not just one and leave the rest out. When you do that, like you say, optical, if that's not worked out, Netflix is trying to throttle people account because there's too many people at home watching Netflix. Right. But they're creating that problem. What about the infrastructure? What about the wiring? Right. You don't have even listen, after across the country like that to this day. Because of, right. Cause, right. Because even if they went to satellite, even if they went to microwave, you're still going to have to have a ground transport that you're going to have to jump on. So that's like a lot of satellite companies. They're like, oh, yeah, we get the satellite. But what they don't realize is you got your downlink, you got your uplink. So when you downlink, it hits the ground terminal, jump on some type of optical equipment to transport to the next site. So and with a microwave, if you got a tree in front of a microwave, it's going to block because most of microwave is line of sight, 30 miles. Yeah, so yeah. and and that's what I'm telling people I'm, you need to learn optical you need to learn the infrastructure you need to learn all this this is what makes a router communicates with the dwd equipment to transport across the path to go across the fiber multiplex those waves out like you was talking about those ethernet waves and then communicate with the equipment that's how netflix work that's how amazon work that's works that's what i'm going to say aws anything that's how all these companies work cable all this stuff AT&T, you know how they say, oh, I got the biggest wireless backbone in the world. Fiber optics. So Now I'm going to throw you an audible. Now that you just mentioned that, and they're trying to pad that infrastructure bill, do you think they can emphasize more on what you do for a living and have people in your field more than all these other fields? Because since they realize the infrastructure of the country is falling apart, and you can just keep it as it is, well, let's say you the guy that reached out to and would have pitched a, I'm not going to say a bill, but I'm not looking for that exact words. Like you try and convince them to open a school for this type of small field so you can have more people to work on the infrastructure back end. What will you pick them to do? Mm, I would pitch them to learn everything when it comes to infrastructure, like from the routers to fiber optics, to the optical, to project management, to implementation management, to a product te technical, a product technical, I forgot what it's called, manager, all those different things. I would have them do all that because you need all those fields to, in order to do this job, in order to communicate. So for instance, like the rural areas, 
you know, their infrastructure bill is going to help them with fiber optics. They didn't have that out there before, but now they're going to have it. You know, they'll be able to stream and all that. So before in the rural areas, all they had was DSL, which was a T1 pretty much yeah. coming over a, yeah. a, a cable line, you know, so this is going to help a lot of people. So this thing is going to be good. It's just not building bridges. It's going to build networks also. So. Okay. Yeah, we, we, we touched into that on, on a, on a past episode, like, you know, everybody thinks it's just, you know, bridges and, and stuff like that, but no, nah, there's, there's rural areas that are still on dial up. Yes. And that that's crazy to me. Yeah. Still, so, got, still got AOL. Still. <laughs> oh, I said just that a few episodes ago. I'm like, it's in that in this certain time, 2022, people using AOL to, to create it. I'm like, you yeah. got to be kidding me. Yeah. Or they yeah. can't even go past, you know, you know, 15 megs. Man, that's that's crazy. Yeah. That's what UBS built. Remember we worked with UBS in 2011, 2012, and they were still behind nah. the curve. And we're like, you got to be kidding Tell me yeah. you haven't upgraded to switch it on this. Like, you want to put Adobe through the network and take almost two to three hours to download. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And imagine trying, yeah, crazy. Imagine trying to play your PlayStation with another person in another state on a dial-up. It won't work because you don't have work. enough bandwidth. It won't work. Don't even have... You need, you need at least 40... The average game size right. The average game size right now is, is over is over probably two gigs. Right. So, right. so you gigs. need at least... So you need at least 40 megs to play it. Yeah. To stream uh, 20, No, average game time now, let's say you're going to play it, you can do DVD. You talk about between 15 to 20 gigs. That's number one. Now, when yeah. you're on the network, you know that they're lagging, whereby either your network speed is up and that person is moving slow and you're moving past them or mm-hmm. something happened with the connection with both servers, which you mentioned right. that before, whereby right. you already respond, but it's not reactive because the network on the server you on, it's not responding to the other server. So they're able to attack you quicker than you can be able to attack them. So it's everything that's factored in on the infrastructure of the country, because I keep saying this, you can't have too many business people talking to IT, telling them how they probably get their job done when they're overlooking things, they're cutting corners around. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Citrix. You mentioned all these things. They want you to use Citrix. They want you to use VMware. Man, but that's you so have old. a... Thank you. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Bruh. You want to, to jump on VMware, Citrix, and all this virtualization, but the network, the switches, the bound, we're not having built on that one first. I wanted to jump ahead when this has not been updated yet. No. See, this is the thing. A lot of companies, for instance, like you were saying, Citrix. Citrix is so old, but a lot of companies are still using that. Just like also a lot of companies are using Excel spreadsheets instead of using a Remini database. You know, those different things. You need Java. You know, it's a lot of different softwares that you can use today that will make your network faster. But Citrix... Citrus was back in the day when we was doing this. <laughs> so, y'all know the I'm BBS. Glad, is, I'm right? glad you mentioned it because if you were to hear the say that people would not believe what we're talking about. You need to understand the background of what you think. This is why right. we need to have the type of interviews so people from multiple arena of IT can start affecting people mind that this is not a game no more. Right. You can't expect things to work a certain way when we're still working on old technology. I mean, working at Elmer Hospital, you're still using what not Windows. This other platform, I forgot what it is. 
After A DOS? plus, you have DOS, not DOS. Basic. It's a login to use. C plus. Novell. Novell. Yes. Novell was Novell was the bomb, but they got killed by Microsoft. So yes. So mm-hmm. imagine one hopper who got in trouble for still having Novell within their network. You put to pull it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, imagine seeing that kind of thing. You start to scratch your like. What's going on here? Multiple company, like you said, position is old, extremely old, but it's using heavily today. Right. Use that thing yeah. like crazy. Yeah. No one uh, I think Novell Novell is still around, but they're not they're not popular anymore in, in a corporate arena. No, more so. Linux is more popular in a corporate arena now. Yeah. A lot of companies use Linux. So Yeah. MTA usage trick, a lot of big corporations use Citrix trick with a mixture with VMware. They're trying to have more people log into your virtual desktop and have less machine. I'm like, yeah, but what if having your network dropped? But of too much work for you put on upon it. Like, mm-hmm. well, you know, if your network dropped, they'll probably ask you the question because sometimes these things don't make no sense. But when we tell them, but you know, if your network dropped, you don't have enough bandwidth. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. What's your question, Marvin? What do you have for him? <laughs> all right. So let, let's talk about, we've all been through this. Since you're working in the IT field, let's talk about an encounter you've had with racism. Mm. We know it's there. You know, it is It is what it is. So, Good, bad, ugly. Right. Yeah. It is there. Promotions. Yeah. Promotions. You run into that all the time. Yeah. So it is there. You just have to handle it. You know, it is it is there, you know, trying to get promoted and you have to be 10 times better than the other person. So, yep, you have to be more educated than other so, person. So it is there. So can you can you go into the encounter a little bit? You know, if you don't want to, it's OK. Yeah, I don't really want to go into it. <laughs> OK, OK. But yeah. Well, yeah, I'm telling so you, it, it is it, there. It, it yeah we we know it's there it's it's just the fact of there's just not of a, not enough of us right. in the industry to open doors for others to come along well but, I, I always say this it's not what you know it's who you know true true okay i mean um, you can have but yeah it's just so you can have seeing how you don't want to go into it which is okay right how did you deal with it honestly you know, you can just go somewhere else, you know. Yeah. There's no company loyal to you, so why should you be loyal to them? So Yeah. You can always and the best time to find a job is when you got a job. <laughs> so that's the thing. Yeah. And somebody's gonna recognize you for your talents, even if your previous company's not recognizing you for it. Because, you know, yeah. you can go into another company and they were like, Wow, you know, you could do all this for us, you know. Wow, we needed this, you know. So, yeah. And I have been a plank owner for like a couple of companies that I worked for and was there and made a good impact on the company, you know. So, and then they got acquisition. Okay. And then they got bought out. So, <laughs> so. yeah. All right. So, this question What was the okay. most iconic moment you ever experienced working? 
in the IT field ever since you've been there? The most iconic moment. The most iconic moment I experienced working in IT when I used to work for a vendor where I used to bring up networks and design networks from scratch. And what I mean, leave out on a Monday, have my technicians go and rack and stack equipment and turn up a 13 no network that's communicating across 13 different sites in four days. Those were some iconic moments. So you would test, turn up, nice. and then and then build a circuit for the customers and then give them the network. That was iconic. You know, and another iconic was where we had somebody who wanted to get off a right away in New York where you at. Because <laughs> the suspensive and mirroring building a new site to mirror the site that we wanted to get off of. That was an iconic moment. So I had a lot of iconic moments in my career. That's dope. And, That's dope. and what, what, hold on. I got one more, um, I got one more thing. One of the most iconic yeah, yeah, yeah. moments is mentoring younger people seeing when they came into the company, there was anyone or network engineer. And then as they move up, during the ranks because you taught them so much to see them progress through the ranks and become any threes or whatever. So that's a good thing. That's a good iconic moment. You know, just sharing your knowledge, sharing your knowledge is an iconic moment in my opinion. Yeah. I, I, I definitely love doing that. When I, when I see anybody young like me coming in, you, you want to just pour that knowledge into them and, and just watch them take it and just run with it. Right. You know, I think I think that's one of the aspect of of our industry. When you see people like us that's up there with the knowledge, they'll give it to you regardless of asking for it or not. Right. So and I did that a lot. Me and Marvin worked with UBS, I was the trainer. So every tech that came in, I went under my umbrella and I who came them through. I'm talking about from top to bottom. I'm trying to make sure efficient and they would affect it. He ain't missing right. nothing. So at one point, it happened. He noted about this. They want multiple teams to come help out with the Manhattan location UBS to help install 130 or 140 terminals. I told the manager, you don't need that many people. You need like less than what? Maybe 9 or 10. That's about it. No, we need about mm-hmm. 20, 30 people. I think, I'm sure it's not going to look good for you. Do, do that. He didn't care. So I told my team, I'm going to make a bet. When it comes to past my number of deployment, I give you 20 bucks. Now, me, I did that on purpose to, to show the other <laughs> team that you didn't properly train your team. So we got on the floor. Marvin heard about it. My team knocked out more than 60% of the terminal need to be put up. More than all the other team combined. That's I did awesome. about 20 deployment. Two of my top men. Right hand, left hand man, we're doing about 15, 15. They were trying to catch up with me. The red took the men with left. So we took about almost maybe 60 or 70 out of the one. And they were shocked. They're like, why are they moving so fast? I say, I taught them the rope. I want to make sure my team is the most effective and the most efficient. They know how to right. get a job in and out and not wasting time. They know right. exactly what needs to be done, get to work, knock it out, keep it moving. So when they talk about the team moving, they flying off the handle. They were scared. 
So the AP executive came to the side and shaked it. I love the way your team are taking. No, no, it's no big deal. What we do for a living. My manager over there squeezing his hand like he he heard it. I embarrassed. I warned him. Yeah. You don't need too many people. You made him look good. So I said, okay, I'm gonna give you that one. We're we're awakening, and he my would tell. I'm a. I don't play around. If I train you, I'm pouring everything into you. I want you to be better than me. When you do better, I do better. Right. Ain't passing on to the next yeah. generation because I want the new generation of people coming in the IT field to be hungry for it and yeah. not be let, not uh, be under equipped. I want them to be well equipped coming right. in, knocking out of the right. ballpark. That right. That's what. I, that's what I was telling you. Theory. You need to know theory. You teach them that theory. That makes your job easier. Yeah. Are there any questions? No, I don't, I don't got any questions. Okay. Um, I hope my geeks up in. Okay. I'm like, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> no, nah, go, go ahead. If you got if you got questions, go ahead. I got one question because it's opportunity of your iconic moment. Like, what's the moment that got you feeling so humble and make you realize you're in the right field, you're in the right place? Like, it kind of like open your mind and say, this is where I need to be in. Like, you know well, how you have that moment? It was so humbling. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you well, see clear, like, I made the right choice. Yeah. Um, when I was at AT&T, and when I seen that I could build things and build networks and run fiber and bring up circuits, I mean, you got to think about it. That's awesome when you see that you bring something to life. Like, for instance, at AT&T, when I was there, and this was when I was, like, 31 years old, we built a four-node ring that communicated each. It was an E-Trade node, and this is on old equipment, FT2000 OC48s. But we built a four-node OC48 ring, me and my partner, that had Atlanta communicating the whole time. I mean, we built an 80-mile, 81-mile ring. I mean, that was awesome. And that's when I was like, man, this is awesome, you know, so – Nice. Hey, nice. That to me, that's a big achievement because th- this is what I tell people: when you get into IT, you will have that one humble or ridiculous wake up. You know what? I made the right choice to be in this field. This is something right. I can really enjoy doing. This right. not no. You can do what we love to do: make the money, feel comfortable, come home. We got right. much shenanigans. Quality of life, like I told you, they, quality. It's all quality of life. Life you're living, what kind of life you're giving to your family? Mm-hmm. Going to work to make mad money, do what you love to do, come home, you can just unwind a lot, get with whatever hobby you want to get to. I know you say you like to ride bikes, you like to do that activity. But in IT, did it make you engage a new hobby you never thought you'd get yourself into? No, no. <laughs> Just. Uh- you know, I've always been a big sports enthusiast. So I always like football, basketball, um, tennis. I got into hockey when Tiger Woods started playing in hockey. I mean, not hockey, golf. So, you know, just enjoying sports in general, going to see live sports. You know, I like concerts, you know, live concerts, you know, those different things. So just because you do a job for a living or you, that is not something that you're going to want to do when you get off of work because you do this all day. Think about it. You do it all day. So you get off work. 
you want a brain dump. You want a brain. You want, you yeah. know. I mean, that's what I do day to day. I think of how to design a network, how to troubleshoot it, troubleshoot it, how to implement it, how to make it work. So when I get off of work, I don't want to think about this stuff no more until the next day when I go to work. Yeah. So. Exactly. Exactly. That's another aspect, too, that we need to work on is just leaving work at work. Right. Some some people, it depends. If you're if you got to be on call and, and monitor the network 24 seven, right. then yeah, you got, you got to bring it home, but sometimes you just got to leave work at work, you know, well, knowing that there's somebody else there to, to deal with it. Like when you get off work, you put that in the little box, close it for work. Now make it where I want right. to get into. Like to me, I got into gaming. I got into anime was it, it's very relaxing for me. Now, right. A peer of mine was like, why don't we get into Gunpla? I said, I don't have to pay for Gunpla because if I can have my own, I'm in New York, two-bedroom apartment. I want to move down south, get a four-bedroom apartment, like I have my own space. Then I can get into the Gunpla, building my own stuff. Right. Building your case, Gunpla, play. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I want yeah. to have All my that. own freedom. I could just unwind and enjoy what I'm doing with my own creativity because I should watch on NTIS, one of my favorite shows. My name. McGee, he, talented, he took time to build his own boat. He took time. He doesn't care how long it took him, and he enjoyed the moment. Right. So when I see him, that thing flicked my head. I want to be able to be in a play where I can just enjoy the moment and build on with the build. It has to do with the computer, but I enjoy what I'm doing. Right. I take my time with it. Yeah. And another hobby that I like, you know, just like you said, you know, I love NCIS. I love Criminal Minds. You know, any law Law and Order. I love that. I love all those different things. So, you know, that's what I enjoy doing. Chicago PD, you know, so I love the different criminal programs to make you think. And, you know, I love NCIS because I was Navy. So I love to see him. You know, I was so upset when they took NCIS New Orleans off of TV because that was awesome. So I, I, <laughs> I mean, that was one of the best series ever because you yes. can see how they did everything was methodical. It was properly right. planned hard to look into. And even the mm-hmm. boss, he lets you know. You got to think the way he thinks. He's showing you how he does it. You got to mm-hmm. be very methodical. Everything you look, it leads to one thing. You got to understand how to calculate to go to the next theme. Like, okay. So this time he be solving the crime. He keep looking at things. We're like, he takes noise mm, just to go come out something later on. And mm-hmm. everything about the series, if you watch it from start to beginning, right. it's like every clue he finds, it leads to another clue for another crime. Yeah, and like Agent, G- Agent, mm-hmm. Agent Gibbs and Pride, <laughs> they were smart. So, and of every other more law and order show, I I was feeling it, but it's not a good NCI yet to me. NCI is number one to me. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah, I, I, agree. It out, it, I agree. It, it was on point. That's why I, I love that show because they discipline, they methodical about what they're doing. They weren't so sloppy. Everything was was on for a particular reason. When they find something clue, even though it had not related to the crime, it leads to the, lead to the next crime, and they know exactly where to come. I'm like, how do you know it would be this guy? Like, how did he see from a distance? And you start seeing back stories. Mm-hmm. Why wow, he thought about it? I was like, ah. Well, well, let's think about it like this. Those shows have something to do with what we do. We find the issue. We go through all the symptoms of it, what it could be, the different theories of what it could be, and then we solve the problem. So that, I guess that's why we like those shows because, you know, yeah. like I like FBI. 
I like all the FBI's because I like the way how they solve the crimes. So the profiling, you like right. the profiling. That's why I like criminal. You right about that. How you solve yeah. problem? How you solve crime? It's so something. You look at the theory. Right. You look at what what will create the problem. What will cause that problem? You want to right. test your theory. You're correct about it and make sure you analyze and you document everything down to the T. That's how I yep. post my job. When I see certain things, I want to analyze them. Like, mm, nah, let me write this one down. This don't come out right. Then start going to your own theory, start to test things out and see what it lead to. I think that's mm-hmm. why this IT field, what I love about it, it keep my brain hungry and more energized. I don't have to feel dumb. Yes. Day day. I don't have to feel like I'm not learning. I want to learn something new. When you do that, it makes you feel young again. Yeah. Yep. I think that's what it is. Yep. And what I love about this industry, we always constantly learning. We constantly learning on yeah. a day by day basis. We learn something new every day. We have to go to some training. We have to learn a new platform every day or every month or every year. You got to get certified on this. And that keeps your brain boom, 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 boom. You know what I'm saying? So. I think it's good. It's a good remedy against Alzheimer's, so you won't go brain dead or get dumb or just numb down. Because <laughs> I've seen a lot of medical doctors. No, I ask a lot of doctors about this. You know, how do people mm. get dementia? Or they say that the fun is lack of brain activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It feel. I want to keep the brain up and running until I die. So I want to have no dementia. <laughs> I want to keep remember everything from start to finish. Yeah, yeah, I'm like that too. I don't want to never be able to feel that I don't have control of my mental, you know. So, so I got a I got a question for you, Michael. Mm-hmm. So, you're building out these networks. What are some of your What are some of your best free free tools, and what are your, some of your best paid tools? When I mean tools, like it could be anything from physical to to software level. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to give them. So some of the best free tools is like the internet, Google. You can Google anything that you want to learn. Yeah. Like if you want to know about DWDM, you want to know about BGP, you want to know about that's a free tool. Some of the paid tools that you have to do is your equipment, your light meter, your power meter, your oscilloscope, your JDSU test set. Another paid to the different platforms that you work on, your routers, your DWDM. Now, those are paid things that you could do. You know, you could take the CCNA course and it comes with a mock router that you could download to learn how to troubleshoot routers and how to get in routers, show interface, those different things. So when you take these courses, they always come with a a mock platform that you could get in and actually learn the device on how to troubleshoot, yeah. uh, how to show what interface is, do ARP, those different things. So, you know, it's free. Nice. It's nice. out here for you. If you want it, you can go to YouTube and you could put in there DWDM. You could put in there BGP. They'll bring up all these videos of these people talking. Like, for instance, like with the CCNA, you can put that in there. They'll bring up a YouTube video where this guy's teaching you the course for getting, from beginning to end free. You know, you could put DWDM. You could put what y'all do because you pretty much do a desktop, right, Black David? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you could do those different things. So. Right. 
I'm glad you asked that question because it's very interesting. Yeah, because I always wondered, like, what what are some of the tools everybody uses and things like that. No, I think I don't have any questions. You got any questions? The only last question we have here is just about if you have a LinkedIn profile because uh, it's on there. Michael I think this guy who I work with, yes. when I'm working with American Express, he got me on LinkedIn, and I was like, "Why would we, why did I get on LinkedIn?" He said, "That is the next best thing of having an online resume." So, so, so what? I went what to LinkedIn? took my LinkedIn profile, made it identical as my resume. But what mm-hmm. I did not realize is the feature behind it whereby whatever job I go to, I give recommendation. I have manager recommend give recommendation on my job, what I've done. Mm-hmm. Then I have co-worked through the thing. I got up to like almost thirty plus recommendations for multiple jobs. Yeah. So but, different people can vouch. So yeah. 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 I'm trying I'm not trying to be a focal for Lincoln, but for job hunting, I think Lincoln is it must either could be four. You got a bigger portfolio of how many copies of them you have to bring out? Well, this is the thing for LinkedIn. LinkedIn is good for networking also. But, you know, you was asking me about my profile. It's my name, Michael Richardson. On like anything is my name, Michael Richardson. I don't, and I'm sure you noticed this about me, Black David. I'm old school. I don't put no fancy name. My name is my name. And <laughs> let me tell you what I call myself, Black David. Let me tell you why. <laughs> well, I went to the Pete Network, right? I show up on the channel. If one guy yeah, before me called Black Man on Thursday, he was before me. Then when right. I got on, he called me Black David. I was like, huh? I was like, what? The-? And everybody was laughing. Like, it became a catchy phrase. I said, no, I'm going to grab one of that phrase and make it my own. Only mm-hmm. for YouTube, but on Lincoln, everybody knows me as David Olaya. I mean, I use CBM because I'm a Canadian born Nigerian because I use that a lot. But right. I use that at the phrase of people could think about, I'm not just one dimensional. Right. There's most sure. of the dimension behind why I really am as a person. And Michael, you see me on a different platform. I, I don't beat around the bush with people. Yeah, yeah. I'll be straightforward. I'll be on it. I'll be articulate about my views because of experience that I had in life. Well, And I realize the- people, don't, people don't grasp it. Your life experience it can teach you things that you Definitely. never think yeah. you can even, ever think you ever going to be. And you have to learn from it. Sometimes I go back and we, we live it in my head. And see, if I met anything I didn't realize about it, and I thought, oh, this is why that happened. And I talk right. about it. Yeah, and that's why I always tell you, you know, you know, my age, you know, I'm 55. So I'm seeing a lot, done a lot in my life. And the way that I see these kids and these young millennials today, I just like shake my head, you know, and people get banned. Oh, you older and you feel this way because you older, you OG. And, and I'm like, well. At least with older people, we have wisdom to pass down. We wouldn't be telling you something unless we experienced it ourselves. That's why we're doing this because I told Marvin, if we can build a trade school from all this content we have or have people who want to learn something new, because I look at American history of the yesteryear, the black community of the yesteryear was far more intelligent and more effective and efficient. Not everybody was able to go to college to get a degree. They had a trade skill where they were able to build mm-hmm. for themselves and build a community with themselves. So I'm trying to bring that back. Right. In a way that... Yep. I agree. You have people open an electronic shop. Instead of you just buy a new TV, bring the TV, they fix it, got it working better than it was before, and then some, in time to figure out how you did X, Y, and T because there's something people overlook. 
I look at yeah. a video from Lima. He went to China. They got a store where people can build their own phone. That are you buying yeah. a phone? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was scratching my head like, why we don't have that in the U.S.? Oh, yeah, I forgot. People are too dumbed down to go that far and do their own thing. Actually, actually, we do have. Yeah, it's, it's not even that. It's just when it comes to us, we're not. We always miss that technology boat. Right. We're always the last to jump on that technology boat. Yes. That's that's the thing. It's just we're not we're not on it because we keep listening to too many different people. Right. That don't have our interest in mind. So. Yeah, my, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, because I'm gonna tell you about this. I had a 60 inch TV, a lightning strike blew it out, so I had a warranty on it. So a guy came in, he took it apart, he put two motherboards in there, and got it back up. I was like, I could, I could have did this. I said, How much did those motherboards cost? Thirty five a piece. He charged the company seven hundred dollars to do that. <laughs> it wasn't me because it was warranty. But he charged the company $700. So imagine we pay all this money for these big TVs, these big screen TVs and all that. If you had the knowledge and the know-how, you can go out, you could buy the plastic frame, you could buy the motherboards and build your own TV, probably for $100. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. It's like all, all all this resources out here, but it's we keep missing the boat. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I do agree. Bring it back. Could, if you could bring it back, trust me, it will affect them in the, in the long run because people talk to me like, you know what? You complain about all the eco waste issue. You can fix that issue a long time ago if you have people who just take them apart and put them together because I was going to the multiple panel and talk about the channel called What Am I? The people went back to Nigeria and mm-hmm. taught people how to recycle plastic. Right. And they did for X amount of years. There are a lot of major corporations find out what's going on. They move one of their plant over there, hoping to make money off the amount of recycled plastic or they got up within the first two or three years. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, plastic manufacturing, it's a big multi billion dollar industry, almost trillion dollar industry. Mm-hmm. Well, people don't mm-hmm. know how to utilize the waste plastic that was thrown out and recycled all over again. They figure out the trick behind it. And there are two students from, if I remember what call it, no, what's that? It's not your college. They're called the Midtown Manhattan. I forgot what the name of it. Is it New York College? Huh? New York College? Not New York College. It, it, um, it's a CUNY College, four year, but it's, a, it's not too far from BMC. I forgot the name of the college. Hunter College. They both came right. from Hunter College. Okay. Went over there, got a new program whereby all the big international corporations they want to move their plant and utilize the fact that they have tons and tons of plant they're able to recycle for reusing. Other countries are catching on to it ahead of time. People are building houses in South America based on plastic bricks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, how you think China became so, so, so powerful? They recycled majority of the world's plastic for so many years. Yeah. Now think about how much they were charging to recycle those plastics. So <laughs> they make most. Yeah, of, they make most of the clothes. They make most of the shoes. They make everything. So now they're yeah. in Africa trying to collect natural resources. Yeah. But that's that's any company. Yeah, I mean, any country. Know, yeah, that's any company. That's any company. Yeah. But they sold their debt, and they they're in Nigeria right now because we are two 
of the first of its kind manufacturing plant that actually manufactured cars. One of them is my classmate. He does it. Took his father's business and did that. Another one, he had a rival. But they're competing. But there's not any other country that's doing manufacturing of cars right now besides those two in Nigeria. Another yeah. guy who left the U.S. about two years ago is now doing a first of its kind Telecom Valley and all the time to consecrate over a billion dollars, which is kind of crazy. But a few years ago, Rwanda was trying to do that on ahead of time. So it's like a competition going on. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot, it's a lot taking place outside the country. I've been scratching my head too. I need to build my own capital so I can join into the team and get into the investment, let my money go for itself. Because to me, I like to build stuff. If I can go back and teach people IT in Africa, I would do it. But I will make sure they're better than anybody else. I will make sure I will drill you to the what? Mm-hmm. My one of my first instructor drew me. Just like your own instructor drew you, Michael. Mine did the same thing to me. He makes sure mm-hmm. I'm effective, I'm efficient, I understand my theory, and I'm on point. So you can pinpoint what the problem is. Just, just look and know it. Deal with the problem and you explain how it got there and how you can fix it. Right. So when you train yeah. people that way, you train effective technician to the point whereby. Things start popping up more quicker than you think. Right. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like this industry, they didn't dummy it down. They're not training the people like they used to do. And I think that's hurting us. You know, I think we need to train these people better than what we're doing. I think, in my opinion, I think we totally need to do away with smart hands and just start educating these people how to troubleshoot and how to run fiber and how to do routers and all that stuff. You know, but in that way, they don't realize you do away with smart hands, you will save a lot of money. <laughs> so, yeah, he's right. Mm-hmm. Anything else, Marvin? Because whew, this one, this, this is the first good. No, thing the, the only the the only thing that I gotta say is just is just they just need to market the industry better when it comes to the younger kids. That they, they need to market they're it not, better. They're not going to. I'm telling you right now, Marvin. They're not going to make it better because the way they're going about it, it's all about money. All these trade mm-hmm. schools, there are a lot of trade schools that are not legit. They make money off the bad marketing. Mm-hmm. You have too many people jump into the home health aid, too many people jump into the medical field of being an RN. And how do I put it? We have so many trade schools for RN, but you don't have too many hospitals. No. So how you will fill up all these hospitals with X amount of nurses who are not there? And just like you said, too many people going to the CTNA, CTN. Okay, you have all that. But what about all the other fields that need to be filled up? Mm-hmm. They did that for the sake of making money off people. Because trade school, they make money off the courses they make. Yes. They're charging you for that. Yeah, look at but it. They're charging they did that on purpose money. for the sake of making money. Mm-hmm. IGT Tech following that scandal because they were looking at you know what? We can, it's for-profit school. Right. That's why they got shut down because of that. Yeah, they had to pay back them people. Well, they uh, had, aren't they, most all most tech schools are, are for profit? Yeah, you got to make a profit. You got to keep the lights on. You yeah, got to pay no, the teachers. Yeah, that is yeah that is the case. But it's not like you're building people to get job and you're ripping them. You're not ripping them off. IT Tech was yeah. doing that on a large scale. Yeah. So you know what? Mm-hmm. IT Tech really got in, ITT Tech really got in trouble because. Like he was saying, you do them student loans, right? And then you know how they try to go after your taxes because of the student loans, and that was wrong. That school was trying to do that, and they had to pay so many millions, I think even billions, back to these people that they took this money from. So, there's, that, there's you, a lot of these for-profit schools that rip up a lot of people, 
and to the point where they said, oh, you will hook you with a job, but when you do try to get a job, you can go nowhere with it. Like, and you find your degree is not college or credit at one point. Mm-hmm. These are the games they were playing. But when I was going to this field, I found people who came from overseas, and they tell me this. They already got a degree, but they don't want to take the degree. They're making the degree look like it's less than, but when it's actually not less than. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So there is a curriculum issue going on with American education whereby some people decide to go outside to get education and come back, right. knowing that they have more of an advantage out there than over here. But also, yeah, I mean, those, those folks are going to like, you know, top schools or in, in England, like Oxford University. Don't, don't talk about you get that. a degree don't, from. Don't talk about that school. You got to be a bookworm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you got. So that's where they're going. So. But I, I've always seen that. I, I think within New York, they 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 put in mandate for any any type of private school, you have to be accredited with New York State before you can start, you know, handing out degrees. I, m- I remember that that ITT situation, and I, I think is the school wasn't accredited, so they made a they made a law or something. Any private school within New York. You have to be accredited with New York. You've got to you got to teach accredited courses. Mm-hmm. So if you do get a degree, it does count for that. I don't know how they do it out of state, but I know in New York that they made that mandate. You you have to be accredited school. And I think yeah. we got caught. Yeah. Like the courses they were giving out was not really legit. Legit, like they were ripping people off. I'm telling yeah. you, trade school is a big marketing thing. You could charge them X amount of money and make so much profit off it. It's not even funny. Chant it. Are yeah. they going to be able to get the job with that? I got a dude who I work with. We used to work for the Board of Ed, first IT job. He got eight certificates, including Cisco. Couldn't even find a real job with it. Because you need experience. Because you need experience. And that's and that's what that. I'm telling you need experience. You need to go to some company with an entry level program or internship and do an internship at that company to get that experience. So you could be brought on for a time. You're just not going to be able to come out of school and go make. And I try to tell these kids this every day. Oh, I'm going to make 50, 60, $80,000 for high school. No, you're not. You're probably going to make 30 or 40,000 outside of school. And then you could build up from there, you know. People and that want, was probably the trade school. So, trade school are giving you this so called package deal with multiple certification, but never telling them you need to get some experience. They did not tell them none of that. They have to go through all the courses, get all the certification. As long as they got their money, they got what they want out of you. You got your certification mm-hmm. to push you out. By the time right. you get out there, oh, I need experience. Oh, the school didn't tell you that? And then another thing is companies need to give these kids that's coming out of college entry-level jobs so they can get the experience. Don't just want the experience up front. Say, hey, you come in here entry-level, get the experience, and then you go up from there. So, And I think another thing that these schools need to start teaching is, is proper money management. Like, you could you could – get all these certifications and stuff like that. But when you come out, you got to learn how to manage your money. If you're not getting that, you know, 60,000 or whatever mm-hmm. a year, mm-hmm. you got to learn how to manage your money. So, yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, well this is an interesting yeah. interview. It's the first of its kind. 
So y'all asked me about my LinkedIn. It's Michael Richardson. It's just pretty much Michael Richardson. No problem. Maybe edit on the video. Maybe the problem put the word in them to put on the bottom. Yeah, and LinkedIn is a yeah, and LinkedIn is a good networking source for people. You know, so we want to get in different. Okay, you be the fair help this series because you go set the standard. Now everybody have to step up to your place. I'm being yeah. honest because I told Marvin this. We are doing this interview. We want people to see the faces of people in different area in IT, what they do, how they got there, and, and hear mm-hmm. from the admin and learn from themselves. Because when I went to trade school, I didn't get none of these. Only a few times yeah. I get a chance to to my come to our school and break it down to us and mm-hmm. tell us what to expect. When you talk about the networking part, when I realized. Don't just rush to get Cisco. Get at least four to five years. It's been before you jump on it. People mm-hmm. going out there waiting X amount of money to get Cisco so they can't, they can't even get a job with it. And it took out, what, $20,000, 30, 40000 $80,000 through the loan? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what people don't... I, I, I never liked the, the Cisco CCNA. Uh, to me, it's just... You could, de- you could take Network Plus and still be on a Cisco CCNA level. Mm-hmm. It's like, yep. I've, I've never liked that certification. I just think it's it's just too overrated. And, and you know, another good field to get into cybersecurity. And just like, yeah. and just what you just said, Marvin, the network plus yeah. that'll get you yeah. paid in cybersecurity. So yes. Yeah. yeah. That will get you paid in cybersecurity. Sure but will. It's just, I, I hear so many, so many texts, you know, like us, oh, I got to get that CCNA. I got to get, dude, the company itself is, is garbage. So <laughs> I just never, never liked that certification. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. As long That's just my opinion. As long as they make their money, that's what I count. But there's so many other certifications out there that on the equivalent or, or above. Juniper. I saw one of your questions that you did. There's Juniper. Right. Nobody knows about Juniper. Juniper but if you want to know about the cloud infrastructure, Juniper, they have a certification for that. AWS. Above, above CCNA. AWS is one of the top yeah. ones. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's a lot of hey, different Mike, we might have you back another day. Mm-hmm. We know we'll have the type of discussion because we... Guys like you, we need them to give people the insight what's really going on. Because that's what we make this channel for. But I well, like David, this person. time you're going to have to pay me $5. No, I'm just messing with you. Here's my pet peeve. Being in the field for 20 years, I've never seen anything like this where people have the type of comments, sit down and talk about stuff in the field that people don't really grasp yet. They're like, they keep thinking this is what it is. When I tell people about the IT, oh, you just sit in front of the computer and just. You say you in the IT, it don't believe that you going behind, the splicing, you implementing, you're the manager, make sure the network is running, make sure you mm-hmm. can watch your Netflix. Mm-hmm. No one think about that. All right. Nope. No one does. No. When I took my wife to my job, and she saw the room with a bunch of powder, laptop powder. I had to take this one. We had to do. You look at what you do. I say, I gotta have all these image. When they image, they want this power. I gotta put serial numbers on these things, document it, who will be assigned to. 
they had to come here, bring the old laptop, then had to log into the new laptop. Then while they're on their own laptop, they'll be on a network on the table right here, back all the stuff to that. She was like, I said, yeah, do what, what I do. Mm-hmm. Ain't no just, mm-hmm. it's not that. Mm-mm. That's why I said the marketing is not there, man. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. The people don't even understand about, you know, data disposal. Mm-mm. Data disposal is, is high priority. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. X amount of hard drives need to be shredded and destroyed. Right. Uh, you need to yeah. document it before it goes through the shredder. Yep. And it needs to be verified once it gets shredded. So and yeah, that's one part. Yeah. What about the one you cannot shred? Yeah, you gotta get that for the FTC to look through it. You gotta have boxes a box of a hard drive that's so heavy, you're pulling a damn pallet. Like you hit it with a hammer. That. Hit it with a hammer. Destroy it. That's what we used to do in the Navy. <laughs> in the Navy, when we used to destroy our crypto devices, we'd just beat them with a hammer and beat the hell out of them, beat beat everything down. So that yeah. way nobody can get I mean, like in today's society, for instance, all these damn people that's trying to police company hostages with this ransomware and all this stuff, you know, what a lot of companies don't realize is if you got a database backup, they can't hold you hostage. Exactly. Exactly. And that, that goes to show that there's still not enough knowledge. Like if you got your database backed up and somebody hits you with a ransomware, why am I paying $50,000 to get it back? Right. I could just, just restore my data from last week. Right. right. I, I, don't, I don't get that. And the fact that somebody has got to sign that check, give that okay to pay somebody, you know, $50,000 in crypto. Come on, man. Let's <laughs> just fire that person for that. Like, get out of here. <laughs> and here's the bigger part. They're not proactive when it comes to security. Mm-hmm. They're reactive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's another thing. Right. The industry, people in the industry, is just is just reactive. Mm-hmm. You need oh servers down, or or why didn't you see that the server was you know giving you those signals that it's gonna go down mm-hmm. again? Proactive. Yep. That ha- Stop being reactive. That happened when I was working at the NYPD, not one more call center in the Bronx. They had yeah. a network crack whereby the whole entire terminal that had no the server that had in the Bronx went down. They were panicking. Now, me, I just, okay, what did to be do? The chief of police of that division called me. They make sure everybody log on. I said, no problem. I'll take care of it. I'll log on everybody properly, make sure everything's fine. I'll double check it. After I did one section, I did another section, get that all done. He come back, everything, everything good. They're all logged on already. All the bus are coming to pick them up. Okay, no problem. Let them know. So I get that one done with the chief of police. He was happy. A few minutes later, my supervisor called me panicking. Oh, I said, oh, the chief of police called me. He asked me what did he do. I got it done. Everything calm. Everything collected. So we didn't go to the next location. Oh, you did all that? I said, yeah, not a problem. There's nothing. She's like, are you sure? I said, yeah, I'm fine. She was shocked. I'm like, you think this is bad? I'm a full corporate bank. <laughs> yeah. 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 Any second, me and me and the them, they want you to be right there ahead of time, fix the problem. So it was normal. Mm-hmm. But local government don't take care of their stuff. Right. Not even the state government. So you can imagine what we're doing with right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But no, nah, I don't I don't have any questions for you, Michael. You you want to throw in your social media? Where can they find you? All right. Or I'll put it in the show notes when when we get the episode up. Mm, I mean, you can you nah. can throw in that that LinkedIn. I don't do 
you know, I'm on the social media just under Michael Richardson, pretty much. Under all plat okay. under all platforms, you know. That's all. All right. No, it's been it's been great having you, man. Thank you for for doing the interview. Yeah, I mean, and I, definitely we we want to hear more from you. We're gonna have oh, you. We gonna call on. you. We're gonna definitely gonna call you. <laughs> All right, that's sure. cool. Yeah, I just want to. Yeah, I just want to drop here in this interview. Is needed. Okay. It's yeah, I just want to put it out. We need something like this. Mm -hmm. I really just need want to put it out. People for... need to hear yeah. where you come from, what you done, the kind mm -hmm. of man, the kind of money. Right. If we can get all these thugs to become corporate thugs, friends, corporate thug, without using nothing from now on, I bet they'd be like, well, I could be a corporate thug? Bet that I'm going in. <laughs> That's it. That's it, man. Yeah. That's a new phrase. Well, I was told the anti, the anti, you sure you're not a corporate thug? He was like, where you get out of my wax? Are you a corporate thug? <laughs> And and that's who y'all should try to get too. He was a software engineer, so I'm sure he could that's give you a lot Anton of knowledge. Anton is a software engineer. Did it for four and a half years before he quit and mm -hmm. did his own thing. And he used his advantage what he learned in the corporate world as a software engineer to make the money he's making right now. You know, what the, yeah. you know what the funny thing is, we both from Detroit. I'm just much older than him. Nice, <laughs> mm -hmm. but you know, Hello, guys. Man. Reason why I really did this interview because I just wanted all the young people to know that there is a place for them that they can go and make good money and learn and have a true testimony. And a lot of these companies out here are hiring today big time. So, you know. Maybe we have too many black techs. We could have our own black corporation this time. <laughs> Run our own thing because. Let's be honest. If you can get most of the people off the street and get into the IT arena or any other arena and make real good money, I promise you it changed the dynamic how people yeah. look at us. Definitely. Of course. I mean, they, they want to talk about, you know, the bag. The bag is there. The money is there. But it's just the, the marketing is not there. Yeah. And but, who knows? You could go international. You don't have to be over here. You could just go, go to Africa, go to Caribbean and say, you know what? You take one over here. But see, guys, but see, guys, what y'all have to look at is this. <clears throat> people stereotype black people. And it's, a, it's more successful black people who's doing their thing than it is not. And I have seen that in the world. Like most of my friends, they're in the industry. And they have made good money for a long time. They own houses. They own two houses. They got this, that, and the other. You know, don't let people stereotype you. I got a lot of successful friends. I got friends who own their own business. I got friends who own their own clothing lines. I got friends who do a lot of different things. So, Yeah. Eli, you got anything else? I got nothing more. Right now, I'm thinking about who can I bring to compete with him now? Come, the only place <laughs> my mind is being a man drill because that's another crazy one right there. Loose no, cannon, he, but... Yeah, he crazy, though. But <laughs> he's crazy, but he know his stuff though. Yeah, he do. He do. And, and he the trick though. He he working on his own sport line, clothing line right now as we speak. So Oh, that's cool. When he get up and running, I'm jumping in, I'll be first on the line and say, Hey, I'm getting this, 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 and that. I'll the call first. I wanna hear anybody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey. Support our um, brothers who do something great. But networking is where it is. But uh, Michael, it's been good having you, man. Thank you for for showing up. Thank you for doing the interview. All right, guys, y'all have a good day. And, uh, oh. All right.